Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 21 of Carlos Rios' All Ears. Today, you're listening to a conversation with Isaac Baena. Isaac served as the branch director of the Boys and Girls Club facility I worked at. He took on the role as the pandemic hit in 2020, having his leadership skills put to the test. We talk about our experience working at the club, marriage, parenting, leadership, and about doing things outside of our comfort zones just for the sake of personal growth and development. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. All right, you're on the podcast. It's happening. It's happening. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. My wife just had our second baby, so I'm home. Wednesday? She actually had it on, what was it, Sunday morning? Oh, wow. Yeah. She was going to be yeah. induced on Wednesday, I think is what you said. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the plan. The plan was for her to be induced. Um, she didn't but, want to. Yeah, the baby was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, the thing is, she was supposed to be induced a while back. I think it was probably oh. early January or late December. Um, she had to go on maternity leave a little early because she got bell's palsy which is like when like half your face kind of like gets paralyzed oh that's scary um yeah i think it was only temporary um i know she was a little stressed out she's a teacher so i it was very hard for her to teach um talking was well her eye was drying out because how how little are the kids uh so she teaches uh that she teaches oh she teaches third third grade i think third yeah, or fourth okay grade. I, nine uh, year old ten year olds yeah putting you on the spot <laughs> yeah i know i, I should I, I everybody asked me i don't even i should just ask her really like, yeah what do yeah. you teach but yeah i know it was a little rough so she uh well thank she, you for making time man I, it's it's a big life change happening right now and you're yeah. making time for this absolutely not hobby of mine no i think it's really cool um i also I mean, it's kind of a little out of my comfort zone. I thought it would be pretty cool to just, yeah. I, I, I kind of think about, I think too much about what people think about me sometimes. So, okay. you know, kind of going on a podcast yeah, kind of is a little different for me, but a little out of my comfort zone, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. I know that you, you've, you've done a lot of them before and being able to catch up with you is one of the main reasons why. I wanted to do it because I know you were, you're like halfway right across the country. Right. Yeah, I so. am really far. 11 more weeks and we're back in Texas though. Nice. Counting you're, them down. Yeah, yes. Well, part of it is planning and having to figure things out, but yes, <laughs> definitely counting down. Yeah. It's a, no. uh, it's been crazy. It's really cold here right now. I think yeah. it's supposed to be like at some point like negative four, negative five this Absolutely week. No, no. Yeah. No. Well, it's funny because it, it really, I mean, it's been cold, but it hasn't been that cold as you would imagine it would be. Like it's snowing. It's been snowing all day today. It's been nice. Yeah. It's just different. You know, we don't really see that over there other than 2021 in February when we got all snowed in. Yeah. Um, but it's a rare thing in Texas. And so I've been enjoying it, you know, just seeing white everywhere and, and all of that. It's, it's pretty cool. I like the snow. Uh, but the one day that it was ridiculously cold was of course the day that we couldn't be inside of our house, all bundled up. We, that's when we were traveling to Texas for Christmas. So we traveled on the 23rd, I think it was a Thursday. I can't remember. And it was temperature negative 17 with windshields. So the th- temperature felt like negative 40. That's ridiculous. My car almost didn't start in the morning. It like just chugged like for solid five seconds until it finally started. And, I, and we had the air, uh, we had to go drive to Chicago, which is like an hour and a half south of here. So mm-hmm. we had to like drive in crazy windy um, weather, like blizzard-like winds. <laughs> we no weren't sure if we we're gonna be able to actually go to Texas once we got there either. So 
we're just happy to 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 do it. But yeah, it was it was wild. I'm now I can say that I did that. I guess. Yeah. Did you? Uh, were you part of those the late flights that kind of push everything back, or did you? With, uh, well, there was the whole thing with Southwest. People kept telling me, "Did you fly Southwest?" And no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I, uh, but we had two flights canceled uh, with Spirit. And they have fewer flights, so we couldn't reschedule with them. So they just gave us our money back, and then we have to buy more expensive tickets with United to be able right. to do it, to fly. But you know, we did it. We got there. We got to see our fam, uh, our families. Both my my family came to where Katie's family lives in Fort Worth. Okay. And so we all just hung out, and it was really sweet. You know, get to spend nice. Christmas with with kind of the most important people in my life. Right. It's a, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's always nice. Um my my in-laws and my family um they're they're close to their friends so it's nice that we mm-hmm. don't always have to like split up for like right. split holidays and stuff, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll be like, "Hey, my mom will call my mother-in-law and be like, "Hey, come over, we're going to be doing this." And they're like, "Okay, cool, yeah." So, we'll do Christmas together and we'll do New Year's together kind of thing like that. So, nice. it's pretty cool. Yeah, we've gone on family trips to Colorado for um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, a couple years back was the last time we did it, but or I guess the only time we did it. But both of our families were there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so it's always nice that you guys can do that or that. Yeah, Yeah. it's a we. They live kind of far from each other. My family is in Laredo, Texas, which it's what is it, an eight hours and a half or something like that, south of Fort Worth, and so they did a they took a greyhound bus actually of all things to get to Fort Worth so that we could all be together so it was nice nice that's cool that's cool yeah we weren't really gonna get any other chance to see each other so that was a good moment to just kind of do it you know yeah definitely so I heard you're not with the boys and girls club anymore that is correct I'm trying to remember who I heard that from Josh Okay, yes. It was Josh. Uh, yeah. What is Alfonso? I was like, what is his last name? Josh Alfonso, music guy. Yeah. Um, so what are you up to now? Yeah, so um, I'm actually a recruiter for a charter school. So For a what school? A, for a charter school. Oh, charter school. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so there's uh So what I do, you know, charter schools are, are based on your zones. You know, they're, they're not... Right. You know, they're, they're federally funded. They're, mm-hmm. it, it's about like, it's, it's public education because it's free. Um, but there's right. a lot smaller and stuff. Um, and, um, you know, the way you get in is you apply. And then um, there's like a lottery that takes place mm-hmm. for you to get selected. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so what I do is I go all over the place recruiting families, just like people know we are what we do at our schools um why we're different you know things like that so it's definitely a lot different than than what i was doing but i did feel like right i needed, I needed to change um that's know. a stressful job man when you were the the branch director at that with the boys and girls club man it's stressful. yeah 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 it was it i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of chill guy i kind of let I don't, I roll with the punches a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try not to let that stuff stress me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like I said, I need to change. I mean, I love my job. Um, being a branch, director wasn't my favorite job. The, the, the job that I could say was my favorite job was the one that I had before it, which was, you know, the, the PE coach per se. Right. Um, You're coaching. Or, yeah. Yeah. We spoke was, at some point and you told me that, that was kind of more your passion. What you really enjoy is working with, with younger kids and, and, and coaching them. And, you know, because you get to play a role that is more than just, you know, I'm teaching you a skill. It's, you know, a little bit more like you build that trust and, you know, you can give them advice and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's, it gives you purpose, you know, like it makes you mm-hmm. feel like you got a place and stuff. Yeah. So it was definitely, one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to, to, to leave, it was a tough decision, but um, I mean, I, I actually left 
my job before having anything else lined up. I just felt like, Hey, I, I need to change. And, wow. Um, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. My wife was like, well, it seems like you're getting a little comfortable and you know, you're not really pushing yourself to find something else. Cause you have a, a safety net to fall back on. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And she was like, well, if you want to, if you actually want to quit, if you actually want to leave, you should probably just quit because, yeah. because it's a managerial role. You know, you, you have to give, well, you know, what I had signed is you have to give a month's notice instead of a two week notice to leave in the in good standing. Um, sure. And uh, so I decided to give my month's notice because I was like, well, I mean, there was a couple of times where I've I'd, had talked with a couple of people, um, you know, interviewed and stuff. And they were like, oh, well, how soon can you start? And I'm like, well, have to give a month's notice kind of thing. Yeah. And they were like, uh, okay. Like, it just didn't seem like people wanted to wait that long, especially where we were at. Um, yeah. I gave but, them uh, like a six month notice i don't remember how long i yeah. gave him <laughs> oh yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> but um but yeah i mean I, I decided to take that leap my wife was like you're not gonna not find a job you know you're gonna find something just if yeah. you really want to leave you know just go ahead and do it and again it wasn't that i wanted to leave i just felt like there was i mean it was a lot of a lot of small things that i kind of added up right right so. what so i remember when I started working there, um, you you weren't a branch director. It was, it was Eddie. Yes. And I remember you having a lot of, seeing you having a lot of chats with Eddie. He, and he was kind of like, you know, you were talking about the possibility of you taking on the role of a branch director. And so what kind of was motivating you to to wanting to do that? And then... Was it what you were hoping it would be, or worse, or better? Or? It's that's such an interesting question. Oh yeah, actually, so so Eddie's always been. It was also in the middle of COVID when you started right. working, so that changed, affected things, I'm sure. Big time, yeah. So it definitely, so yeah. I mean, also with uh, Eddie was Eddie was probably one of my first mentors. Where I felt like you know I was I was learning a lot from the guy. Um, learned a lot from him. He was a really cool guy. Um, Keep in touch every once in a while. Um, he's living in Houston now. So. Right. I spoke with him right before he left to yeah. Houston. Yeah. 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 So he's um he's out there now, and uh, I I learned a lot from him. Yeah. So I I've always I don't like to settle. I like to to move and kind of try to find what's my next step, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why I decided to leave. I just felt like there wasn't anything that was clear in my progression right. there. Um. And I felt like I was just stuck. So, so yeah, I mean, whenever I was a coach and, and Eddie was the branch director, I, before, I mean, I, I can't remember when you got there, but um, before Eddie was the branch director, there was just so many different, there's so much transition that was going on in that branch director role. Um, we had a branch director that was there when I first got hired on. She was the one that hired me on. Um, and then they moved her over to a different branch. Um, and, they didn't have a replacement yet. I don't, I don't know what the thought process behind that was, but <laughs> I, I was kind of put in that position where I um, like the day-to-day -day stuff, none of the, the back end paperwork, um, all that stuff. I didn't, I didn't deal with any of that, but you know, the, the disciplinary issues, the, the talking with parents and things like mm -hmm. that, I kind of took that role on. Um, so there was a lot of things that I kind of just took on and um, I use it as a way to continue to learn mm -hmm. so that's what um i mean I, I didn't i didn't steer away from it i don't like to it was a challenge um, you know i like challenge um and then there was then they hired somebody on whenever the merger happened and then she ended up moving probably like a month after she got the job she ended up leaving so uh we were back to square one with no branch director um mm -hmm. We had John. John was the one that was kind of just overseeing. Which our John was is a, he is the area director. So he was, was yes. he was supervisor of the branch directors, and he was having to work as basically a interim branch director of sorts. Yeah. Well, the thing, so his the way his position worked at that time, you know, things have changed since then. But the way it worked right. is that there were area directors um, where they would manage the branch directors from their cluster. So it was maybe four or five different kind of branches. Gotcha. Um, and he would manage all those different branch directors. And because that role was vacant, then that he would 
he would manage. Um, he would just kind of check in on us periodically. Um, right. Make sure things know. weren't falling apart. Yeah, making sure things weren't falling apart, but, you know, still wasn't always there. I mean, he couldn't do a lot of things he had to do. So obviously, you know, he's not just going to be a body in the building. But, right. um, but again, you know, then Eddie came on, he, he got the job. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then started. Well, now he was doing the job that I ended up doing when, while I was there. He he was right. hired on as the as a music coordinator. Yes. So that's yes. what he was doing. Yeah, he was there, and he. I mean, the teens really enjoyed being there. I know that whenever he was there, he had a couple of teens that were that were working uh, alongside with him. Um, and then because of staff shortages, you know, mm-hmm. he had to get pulled out a lot from right. from the from the music room, um, which is, I think whenever you came on, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try not to pull Carlos. Cause I didn't like what did that to me. And whenever I became the branch, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah you continue the legacy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't, I mean, it, it, your job is to do music stuff. Right. Um, right. So yeah. I wanted to make sure you were doing that. Cause the kids really enjoyed it. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so he, he came from, from that music clubhouse and then, you were going to take my role. That's one of the plans I was going to leave and then have you come back and take over my role, but <laughs> you ended up leaving. So no, <laughs> no, I, I really, it's not a job that I, that I wanted <laughs> at any yeah. point. I, it's just, and I, I know Josh, they, they've asked him before if he has any interest in, in doing that. And he's like, no, it's, it's just, a, you know, it's completely different. You know, I was there for the experience of doing music and, and, being able to t- teach kids and I, I, it was a great experience. It really was awesome. I, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, especially before Chris left, you know, getting to work under his uh, mentorship, you know, he's a very knowledgeable guy and for sure uh, you want to learn, you know, I, I tend to look at jobs, not, not to say that I don't like earning money, but I tend to look at them as a, a place to learn uh, before thinking of it as a place to earn, you know, like I, uh, I, I want to be able to go somewhere where I'm going to learn things. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was a really cool experience. I had a lot of freedom in my position too, to right. do a lot of things. Um, and especially after Chris left, I mean, uh, who was the, the person, what was her name? before Sean took over. Uh, she was a programs, special programs uh, manager. I can't remember her name right now. But uh, anyway, I can't remember. But oh, she, Kelly. Kelly, yeah. Kelly was yeah. was my supervisor, basically. Uh, and so, but she just kind of like, you guys know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Just kind of keep me updated. And especially during COVID, we like, figured out this whole like virtual way to like do things and we had that partnership with all saints which i don't feel too bad that it fell through eventually um (laughs) (laughs) i but you know we we had that partnership with them so we were teaching all their music classes during COVID, and that was bizarre man there were some weird memories because you the kids they they were back to schools pretty early in the pandemic it was like towards the end of 2022 i'm sorry 2020 they were back already doing classes um and they had um their the desk super far away from from each other and they had this weird little plastic like cubicle thingies that were transparent so each kid had their own little bubble like like literally and they were separated and they had their masks on and stuff. It was really bizarre. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed it. And I I love teaching. I really do. And so it was a good experience. And I had to be very creative. Um, a lot of the kids that were coming to the music room, they just wanted to do something different. And so yeah, they, maybe ne- they necessarily weren't that interested in doing music. They just wanted to hang out somewhere different. And some of them just wanted to be rowdy because... It's like, oh, there's a new, sp- maybe I can make this my space. And I'll be like, sorry, this is not your space. It's my space and I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and yeah. so, you know, and I did want them to feel welcome, to feel like, you know, they could be there and chill. But 
you know, they wanted to to basically be like, well, I'm the new boss here. And, you know, now I get to do whatever I want. And it's like, no, sorry, that's, that's <laughs> just not how it's going to go. So that's how they always are, though, right? Because you yeah. were teaching all grades, right? Even like, well, it was during like, COVID, I started doing teaching the little kids, but ideally it was going to be 10. 10 was the youngest that I was supposed to be looking at. Um, but they really, the because it was the outside company that was uh, in some ways pulling the strings because all the scholarships are coming from them. Right. Uh, I, for, I forget what their name is. Uh, it don't matter. I'll remember. Music and Youth. Um, yes. And so they wanted us to work with teens mostly. Right. But with teens is like it's hard it's really hard to build a program with just teens when they're they're too cool or whatever and the, the kids that are interested in music they're in band or they're in mariachi they're not yeah. at the club yeah and that's the thing like so especially like when over covid happened i mean i know you had mentioned like mm-hmm. what what was it like was it what you expected it definitely was not what i was expecting whenever i came in because mm-hmm. i mean i was preparing for a club so i actually was offered a position at as branch director at a school site um, I was there right. for about a week um, because I kept having to get pulled. We were just so like we needed we needed staff at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the staffing at the school site was already taken care of, so I was like, well, getting pulled back to to North Fort Worth. So while it was, I was happy the- when that happened. By the way, yeah, when when yeah when you came back in because I was like, I don't know who's gonna be back, and you know. Yeah that's a position where you can start changing things and all of that. And whenever yeah. it was you, I was like, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so, I mean, they pulled me back so that I could be there because of the short staffing and then mm-hmm. COVID happened. Um, right. And then, so I was probably at my school site, probably about seven days at most, like mm-hmm. actually on site um before before the whole covid shutdown and then i was pulled back and eddie um eddie left and then i i i was without an actual site and then but pretty quickly after like the whole shutdown happened they were like hey we need you to to come back um we'll put you at nfw because that's that's your site i was like okay cool like i'm comfortable there that's good like i know the kids i know the community um right pretty pretty happy to be back but definitely was not what i was expecting i mean i came back from you know saying maybe what like 300 kids daily um right you know, we, were, we were doing like sports tournaments because we had so many kids you know right. like whenever i was the yeah. coach you know i had this thing where i was upset that because of staffing at other sites or because of transportation or whatever we tried starting up again our our leagues and it just it, it wasn't taking because we were just so stressed um and there was just so many moving pieces um, that we started doing flag football. They were canceled. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, hey, we can't make it. You know, my kids were really excited. I already had it, you know, told them. Yeah. And they were they were really excited, but nobody showed up. So I was like, you know what? We have the kids for it. Let me just make a league, like a little intramural kind of thing. You know, that's the idea mm-hmm. from when I was in college. We play intramurals. But um, yeah, I was like, okay, let, let me go ahead and run that stuff. And started doing that. Um but then COVID happened and we couldn't do anything. Like everything was just so restricted. Right. Um, well, we just, opened up that summer, right? And and there was like a handful of, there were like five kids, 10 kids the yeah. whole day. That was it. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of, we had to switch our model, right? Like we went from, from serving kids to being like a food service. We were right for a while. Food. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, basic needs and stuff. It was just a whole transition. So I was like, I, I understand the purpose for this and, and I'm happy to be able to, to help people in need, especially in this time, but um, not what I was expecting whenever I was promoted to be a branch director, you know? Right. So it was a lot of things that, you know, you had to kind of roll with a lot of different partnerships that we had to do a lot of different um, projects that we had to go through, but, um, but it was definitely not what I had expected. And then, like you mm-hmm. said, right. It was hard to also do things with teens because once COVID happened, you know, the teens figured out, I don't need to go to the Boys and Girls Club. Right. Um, I can stay home or, you know, whenever they were back in school. It was hard like, getting them back. Yeah. Yeah. Getting them back was so hard. Um, we had a lot of teens before, before COVID happened. And it was definitely 
have them come back. Because like I said, they, they figured it out. And parents, their parents figured it out too. They're like, well, <laughs> right. I don't need you to go to the Boys and Girls Club anymore. You can take care of the kids at home or something. You know what I mean? Like, yes, just, yes. So much more difficult. Yeah, so. I think we basically had to start building up back up from the middle schoolers and mm -hmm. slowly uh, till they got older and, and then now they're the teens. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean a lot of the, the big like ticket events that we would do, right? The things that could that that increase the, the teens attendance was were shut were canceled. You know, we couldn't do teen nights anymore. We were yeah you know, having that geese house with the kids and you know, having like Loteria night and, and right. all that stuff. So it's definitely, definitely made it difficult. So Dude, yeah. I love, I, so I'm, I'm in Wisconsin, right? And yeah. so I'm going to this church and, you know, everybody's white because we're in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and Katie and I were, were thinking of maybe doing a Loteria night with them. So nice. I think that'll be fun. I did that in Austin once and it was really fun. Uh, when, When I when I was working at hotels, uh, and, and Austin is you know it's a lot more diverse in this population, so there are people from every color in there, every yeah. culture, and so it was really cool. And you know you're playing with with uh, with the cards, and you know there's el borracho, and you know you have the el negrito. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, MG, uh, yeah. and the, <laughs> there's an African American girl there. And uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but I met her at Straight Music. I, I worked with her for a good bit. And uh, I just remember being like, say what? Yeah. <laughs> <We're playing. laughs> it's the most politically incorrect game. But, Absolutely. you know, it's just so it's just culturally and it's, it's, it's such a cool, cool cultural game and it's old and it's fun. And it's just bingo, you know? Yeah, it's But just bingo with, and it's inappropriate. With, with cool little art. Yeah, uh, Mexican art. So as far and you and you you're supposed to use beans. People yes. like to use other things, but it's you have to use beans to to play it. Yeah, uh, to cover your little slots. So anyway, we're gonna try to um, because we we have loteria cards and and stuff here. Nice. Just carry with us, and we're gonna try to make one over here. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, we uh we do that old like we that's kind of like a, a tradition. My grandma loves it so. Every mm -hmm. time we get together for you know holidays or whatever, even if right. we just go for weekend, um, if my grandma's there, you know my my mom nice. and my aunt, are we gonna play that? Yeah, just you know mostly because my grandma likes it, so we would go and we're playing. But um, there's just so how old many. is she? That's a good question. <laughs> is she eighties, nineties, seventies, sixties? No, no, I think she's probably in her seventies, and she's okay. She's not, yeah, um, she's a young yeah young gal. Yeah, she's right. young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, she, um, yeah, so we, we, we always play and, um, uh, what was it? Oh, she actually, because there's so many of us and mm -hmm. there's only like a few amount of cards. Well, I say few, but the way we play is we always do like two or three or we get like four cards. Everybody has four or whatever. Right. Um, she ended up, uh, making her own. So she cuts out the pieces and she just glues them on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some people are, get really into that. Yeah, well, that way there's not like identical cards, right? So that way you're, you know, they're different and people aren't like, oh, I win. Oh, I win too. It's like, okay, no, only one person wins. No, I know. Well, some people like, because there's like, you can do patterns, you know, you can do all yeah. guys or, or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Food or I'm going to have a row of birds and I'm going to have, you know, whatever. Yeah. You can get creative or, you know, some people are like, well, these, these never come out. You know, or whatever. People get really uh, superstitious <laughs> about it too. It's really right, funny. Right. Uh, but it's a fun game. I, I, me too. I would play with my grandma. Um, she passed away when I was very little. But we, we would um, every Easter uh, yeah. weekend, we would for for a while. When I was little, we would go to one of my aunts. She had a property. It's a big ranch. She had a few of them. They were very wealthy, um, and. Uh, We'll go to one of them, and they had a big house with, uh, what do you call it, bunk beds, and all. It was pretty cool. And some yeah. people would just camp out because you're out, you know, and outdoors, so you might as well go camp. Um. Anyway, so but we'll we'll do like a big loteria night, and it was really fun. So, and we'll bet, you know, like it's like quarter for yeah. the the thing, and it's not a whole lot, but. Uh, a lot of people do that for fundraising purposes. 
Like really? Yeah, like I've seen that. They they like. Anyway. I've never seen. That. I've never seen. That. I mean, I've. I, granted, I don't really. Like you pay so much for your card, and there's prices, so you could get a price, but you know you're you're paying to play. Right. Right. Okay. And then okay. the money goes to like a charity or to save up for someone's wedding or whatever. You know. Interesting. Kind of yeah, yeah, I haven't. I never. I mean, it makes sense, right? But I hadn't ever seen or heard of anything like that. Yeah, man. But, Love that he has fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely something that we enjoy doing. There's, I mean, there's different for, for like whenever we would play, there was mm-hmm. always um, different like house rules. So like sometimes right. if, like if somebody like let's say you and I both win at the same time, yeah, you know we get to decide whether we want to continue playing and see who gets another win, or if we yeah. want to split it. And if it was like an odd number of coins, then you know the last quarter or whatever right. would go. The, the next game would start, and whoever had the first corner piece or you know the first corner, then they would keep the corner. I don't know. It, it was there's just so many different things. I just think it was so cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, but so that role that you had as the as branch director, um, I mean, you were basically the the boss, the leader of the the person directing the whole the whole uh, what do you call yeah. operation? Uh, right. So was that like your first role on a big leadership position like that, where you have several people working for you? And um, so I technically yes. I mean, I mm-hmm. had had um. I had been in, you know, volunteer positions. Um, right. So, like, there's a group that's called Pathfinders, you know, and I would, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't a director, but I, I was kind of like an assistant director. So, basically, um, it's it's a youth youth club kind of thing. Right, right. Um, where, you know, it's, it's similar to, like, Boy Scouts, but it's, like, very Christ-centered. So, while right. you do a lot of, like, survival stuff and, and camping and things like that, it's all... Mm. No, tied back to um, to Christ and and all that. So um, it was really cool. So I mean, again, I wasn't like this the 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 director. I would assist whenever the director wasn't there and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, I mean, it was my first job where I was the director of you know yeah you know staff and stuff and yeah. Um, but like I said before, I had been put in in positions before that where right. It wasn't a branch director, and I had to step up and be the person that was like, "Okay, well, you're going to be doing this, and we're going to be doing this. This is how right. bus runs work. Here's how we're going to be doing our rotation schedule. Here's how this yes. is going to go." Well, like- you know, that's it's very interesting because you know there's such the there's positions of authority, right? But it, there are people that have position of, of authority that are not leaders. Right, and there are people that don't ha- necessarily have the position of th- authority that are leaders. That right, and because I was talking to my wife yesterday, I was like, I feel like there are two uh, main conditions required for someone to be described as a leader. One is they need to have a vision of where they are going, so they can point people to go to that thing, some kind of purpose, you know. Right. Like, and then they need to have followers because if you don't have a follower, right. then you're are you a leader? You know, you're just yeah, a guy yeah. with a with, <laughs> with something in mind. Uh, yeah. Or if you have a, a followers, but you don't have a vision, then you're just an influencer, right? Which is what we have right. now with a lot all these social media people. Like they have no vision, they have no right. ultimate direction for you know purpose for what they do. But people just like them and how they look and how funny they are and the pictures they post and all of that. Right, and, right. So they follow them, but anyway, I so I think what you were describing is you've had many experiences and maybe even some roles where you had a leadership role, but weren't necessarily right. the the person in charge. And that, but this time you were as a branch director, you were for sure the person, you know that right. that all you 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 supervised all your employees, and you know they called you boss and jefe. and so yeah i mean it's like okay let's i I gotta do it when the part of it what's scary is that you have the burden of responsibility of like if things 
go wrong, like people look at you and they're like, right. what happened? Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of, you kind of have to just take that, right? I mean, it's, that's what, that's part of the job, but definitely, um, I mean, I was, I was lucky to, to have worked with those people, the people that I was supervising before. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them understood that. I mean, I started as a part-time employee. I had started working the boys and girls club in Houston right. as a part-time employee before I moved over here to Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I, again, continue to, to move out to become a branch director. So yeah. it's easier uh, to follow someone when you know, or you understand that they, they know where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. you know, it's easy to, they're like, Oh, they know how to do this job and they, what I'm doing. Right. Like, right. Like so, I've been there. I've done right? that. That's and, right. And, and understand that. So, and, and the job is not easy. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I would always say it goes far, far beyond just taking care of kids. Yeah. I mean, what was one of the, the, would you say was the hardest aspects of that job or maybe in a really like tough experience that you had while doing that, being the branch um, director or the boys and girls club? Hardest aspects. That's a good question. I mean, there's just so much red tape. I think that that's what, what made my, my job a little bit more difficult. Mm. where you know there's things that you know you wanted to do and there's a lot of different processes that aren't very quick right like if i you know wanted to do something i have to um go through a lot of people jump through a lot of hoops even just ordering different things that i wanted for the club like there was a lot of things that i could go through um which makes sense i mean you know like you want to make sure that you know the money that's being spent is being spent correctly and right there's a paper show for it and, and all that good stuff but um yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things that I struggled with a little bit too, especially from the start, was was managing people because um, I um, I had to learn how to understand different people's personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of the things that I that it was Dulce, me, right? Dulce was making it really hard. Dulce was the one that was just making it so <laughs> hard for me. Dulce. <laughs> She was, uh, we have to share this with her. I think she'll yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> I'm gonna share this clip with her. Just she's not gonna want to listen <laughs> to talk. She's like, I've I've done that for for over five or almost five years. I don't want to hear you talk anymore. Right? Yeah. It was this it was was the best. She uh. So I remember whenever um I had applied, I um my wife was still in school in Keene, which is forty minutes south of Fort Worth, um and uh. And I came because I was like, well, I'm, I'm already here. I came to visit, you know, my girlfriend at the time. Um, let me just go pop in and say, like, you know, I'm here. I've applied. Mm-hmm. I want to show face kind of thing. Right. Um, and uh, I walked in and the front desk was was Dulce, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and Kenya. I don't know if you remember. Yes. Kenya. Yes. It's just so crazy. To she was a kid. Now. She was tiny yeah yeah um that's like my first memory was kenya and and Dulce yeah. at the front desk of, of right. the boys and girls up here in fort worth which, yeah. so i'm sure she does not want to hear me talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> she's done over it. yeah no, no, but- i think i think it's cool you know that you have those kinds of uh how do you call it like just good rapport with your the people you work with you know you just get along and I, to yeah. me i like to say to people i heard this from somebody else but i just stole stole it uh you know you've heard about the love languages um i, I always say that my love language is sarcasm and so, <laughs> so whenever i'm because i like giving people a hard time and just right, like right, poking right. fun and you know if someone's gullible i just I have so much fun uh or like my mother-in-law poor thing uh, but you know, like I do it because yeah. I, I just, I, I love it. You know, it's so fun. Yeah. And part of it is like, you know, something like, let's say you're like, well, what do you think about the food? Was it good? You know? And I'll be like, eh, you know, like last time when you made it, it was a lot better, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> we will, you know, don't get it. And she's like, Oh, and I'm like, I'm just kidding. It's great. I love it. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing where like, or off the, or like, I wouldn't say that to you, like in reality, like, <laughs> like, 
how do I look? It's like, well, you know, you've gained a little bit of weight and or right. something. It's like, you wouldn't say that. It's like, I wouldn't say that to you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I would it's say funny. it a different way <laughs> if I did. But that's yeah. funny because like so, all the people. So you had that kind of relationship with those where you guys yeah. were just all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just anytime she no, no yeah. filter she would just attack me. And yeah. it was all playing games. It was right. awesome. I enjoyed it. Um, we had the same sense of humor. We, we actually, I grew close closer to her um, mm-hmm. because of our love for the office, you know, and similar. Oh, yes. I remember. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it was all fun in games until I became the director and she was there and I had to, you know, be professional, which is something right. I had never done before. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it was just so much more difficult because there was times where she would just dog on me. She was just like going at like, Every, all my insecurities, everything. She was just going for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, like I, I like to play. Um, and I can, you know, I can take it as long as someone's able to, I, you know, somebody dishes it out as long as they can take it. It's, it's all, it's all cool. It's, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, it was difficult because, you know, there was people that were getting hired on and, um, didn't understand that from, from the start, you know, like that me and those that have worked together for years. Um, but, uh, so I was I wasn't I wasn't able to, to make those jokes anymore, mm-hmm. and then I have to wait until like I'd see her and we were just my, like us two, and then I just go and start you know saying all the things that I was thinking. I had to write them down sometimes, so I right. want to forget the jokes that I had. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you were anyway. saying so you were saying that there's part of your role as a leader. Like once you were like okay, well it was managing people. It's, it's uh maybe a difficult aspect that was the question you were answering um yeah. and you were saying that part of that was the different personalities yeah yeah, yeah. thanks for letting me back because i get distracted and i don't i don't know when to stop so well i kind of edge you on with the yeah. dulce thing yeah hey <laughs> you, but you i mean you had you've done this before you, you've had to bring me back the whole time so thanks uh, uh but uh but yeah no it yeah like you said it's, it's definitely difficult because um you know there's Thankfully, like I said before, I had, had an awesome staff um, that I had worked with for years, you know, um, people that I had already understood who they were. Um, and uh, I think a lot of that came from, you know, working with the kids, understanding that every kid is different. You know, my approach whenever I would discipline kids or not, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess like for disciplinary actions or whatever, they were different for each kid because it depended on, on a lot of things, you know, like it depended on um, who they were you know, what's actually going to, to work, what, what's actually consequence and what's something that's like, well, they don't really care about. Um, it also depended on, on their life at home, right? Like if I had somebody who, you know, I'm just, you know, I mean, you know, this person, I'm not going to say names, but you know, if they have people at home who wouldn't really, um, discipline if I, you know, when I told mom and said, Hey, this is what happened with so-and-so today. Um, what's going to happen. I mean, nothing's going to happen yeah. at home. right? So what am I going to do? You know, Hey, you know, Hey, Mr. Carlos, so-and-so was doing something. Um, I, yeah. Unfortunately for today, they won't be able to go to the music room because right. I knew that that's what they liked. Now, if I knew that was like the only thing that was holding them down, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to take it away from them because I know that's what's helping them, you know, behave and do better. Right. Um, giving them a purpose to be here at the club and something mm-hmm. that they're excited to learn. Um, but if, you know, push comes to shove, push comes to shove and I had to do something like that, then, then right. I would. Um, so I learned a lot of that from, from kids, right? Like learning so much underlying, so much, there's just so much that's going on yeah. in head and things that they've learned from the past where, you know, yeah. I can't do the same approach to everybody. Now I was, right. I tried to be consistent with my expectations with everybody. Right. Um, Right. But the way that I would talk to them was different, right? Like I, I mean, I tried not to say or, or mention things about specific people in, in groups. You know, I try to pull them aside and, and talk to them, and be like, "Hey, this this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is going on. We need to do this to correct it." Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, checking to see why are things different now than how they were before because this wasn't how you were doing it before. Like I said, right. I know there's things that happen in their personal lives and stuff that that make yeah. things difficult, especially with, with such a high stress job, um, of, of working with kids. Um, yes. Yeah. And 
you know, like not just two or three kids, like you're talking 15, 20 kids oh, at yeah. a time. And more, you know, you know, you know about that. Right, so. you know, or, or whenever you're with the entire uh, gym, you know, with yeah. all of the kits, you know, oh, and you're trying. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, you're just you're hurting cattle at that point. You're just right. making sure he dies, you know. So, yeah. no, but um, but yeah, I mean, and and that's kind of one of the things that that made it a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, I've had people come to me and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. how come you don't talk to this person? Why don't you say this to them if I'm doing this?" And it's like, right, you know, one. Um, in a, in the nicest way possible. Worry about yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. And then mind your own like, business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but two, it's like, how do you know that I didn't talk to them? Like, when have I told you something in front of everybody? Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so you know, things like that that definitely made things more difficult. Um, yeah, and you know, having young staff where it sometimes. It oh, is of, like 18, 19 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, just graduated high school, you know. Right. Um, obviously, you try to try to coach them and train them as much as you can before putting them in a, in a spot of, you know, or, you know, making them, forcing them to learn how to swim, just throwing them in the lake kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it, that, I mean, it, working with kids is not just some, some task, right? Like, this is a whole life times yeah. 15, times 20 that, you, right. that you're with. It's, um, it's, I've, I mean, uh, I was t- talk, telling you about that idea of learning while being at work. And that was definitely like, of all the things that I learned while I was there, that's probably one of the most valuable things is just learning how to deal with children yeah, and little ones and big children. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, uh, do, do you feel like it's, it has, and it will impact your parenting oh 100 yeah yeah definitely 100 um okay, you're in kid number two how yes. old is the first one he's two okay. he's two he's going on three we three in april right congrats then, man again thanks. congrats yeah that's awesome thanks i appreciate it yeah it's definitely it's definitely going to impact my parenting um it, i think it's also helped me with my relationship with my parents so it's mm-hmm. it's just it's mm open my eyes to a lot of different things working at a job, even just like having conversations with my brothers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we would have conversations and then they would just like turn into arguments or something. And, you know, we'd play around and sometimes things get a little too personal. Right. It's okay. Now we're acting like children. Let's roll it back a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, things like that, it, it definitely has put a lot of things into perspective. Like you said, parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard with siblings. There's this thing or I call a, a regressive association. And it's like a fancy psychological term that just means that you, when you are together with uh, certain people that you maybe were with in a certain developmental stage of your life, you revert back to where you were when like, if, if it's like when you, let's say you, you and your siblings all went to college and left and then you come back yeah. and now, now you know you you're older but then when you're with each other you start acting like little kids again because you revert back to when you were back at home with your parents and (laughs) you say that because my wife and my sister-in-law every time we're together all of my brothers like we were together this past weekend right um, and they just look at each other and they're just like who are these children like why are they (laughs) and i just think it's so funny because you know like my brother, we're all over the place. Well, we were. So at one point, my so I have three brothers. Yeah, I have um, uh, my little brother who is now here in Keene. He's going to school here. He's going to college. Um, but he was in Houston with my parents. Right. Um, I have, and then it's so and then it's me. Then I have an older brother, mm. and he was actually in Michigan. <laughs> Sorry, my. Son no, you're fine. Is your son? he wants I to be in the show i know i know he always wants to spotlight no yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> um so then he yeah, needs so attention now there's another one he, i know i know <laughs> the worst father you're the no. worst you've ruined his life <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i have so it's me my my um, I have an older brother who used to be in Michigan. Now he's in Dallas. And then 
my oldest brother, he um he lives in Florida. So mm. like at one point we were just all over the place and when we'd get together it was just we were we were teenagers. We were acting like children, like it was just funniest mm. thing. But sorry, go back to your the point we were talking about. <laughs> oh, I don't remember what it was. I'm just looking to make sure that I stay on track and keeping track of time. We probably got like another 10 minutes or so before I need to wrap up. Okay, I probably okay. need to go eat some food or something because otherwise I'll pass out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, again, I just really enjoy doing this. This is just uh, something I'm, I'm started doing for fun. And I was like, you know, hopefully I can get enough people to listen to it. Um, but the way that I think about uh, the the way that I define, I guess, the purpose of me doing this podcast, other than it's just something that I do for fun. It's um, talking to people, trying to extract as much value from our conversation, uh, in a, which is what I do with every single conversation that I have anyway, because I like right. to pay attention. Because I like to start with the assumption that whoever I'm talking to know stuff that I don't. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and, and, it, and I try to get that out of them and then put it on a podcast and hopefully... I'm sharing that value with other people that listen to it. You know? Right. So that's, that's the point of it. That's why I'm doing it. And that's the value that I get out of the podcast that I listen to, um, which a lot of them are in this kind of format of just people chatting. Uh, you know, like I listen to Joe Rogan occasionally. Um, I listen to Jordan Peterson's podcast a lot. He has yeah. a lot, a lot of different guests. Sometimes it's way over my head and I can't keep up. Um, <laughs> And I like, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien, mm -hmm. uh, he has a podcast too. Uh, and he just talks to, you know, celebrities. He also talks to, to regular people, um, uh, regular humans you nice. know, like us. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just fun, you know, just listening to people talk and you get to see what I really enjoy is seeing as some of these people talk to, like, I wonder how they will have a conversation with this person. Uh, mm -hmm. and, how, and, and it changes from person to person and you learn different things from the different kinds of conversations there's this right. guy called andrew huberman who is a neuroscientist um some big ivy school i can't remember uh stanford university i right. think that's where he's from and uh you know he he's had conversations with jordan peterson and but he's also had conversations with uh andrew schultz who's like this crazy this guy ever uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know like completely different conversations so you listen to right. one and it's like they're just throwing jargon at each other and then you listen to the other one and you're just cracking up and learning at the same time right right so right. it's it's cool it's a cool format and so i was like i want to do that that sounds fun and, yeah and i get a lot of value out of that and i think in having conversations with people I can do the same for, you know, and if, if I just do it for the, you know, audience size of 19, you know, sure. that's great. You know, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to help you build this podcast up. Everybody knows me. So, right. You'll have the, the whole, as soon yeah. as I put you, as soon as I put your name on the, on the title, you know, that all the SEO magic is just going to yeah. blow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I really think that it's it's awesome that you're that you decided to do this. Like I had said before, like I I struggled a lot with um, maybe that's reverting back to my daddy issues, right? But uh, <laughs> like kind of going back to uh, being in front of people and, and just talking about me, and hmm. sometimes I feel like, hey, what do I know that people actually want to listen to or want to hear? Um, yeah. But I think it's really cool because. I mean, one, you're you're really easy to talk to. I mean, we've we've worked together for years, mm. um, and outside of work, you've always been like a really cool person. So, yeah. um, definitely makes it easy to have a conversation with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that you're doing something like this, something that you're passionate about. Even like you mm -hmm. said, I mean, you started with in your first episode, probably I don't know how many listens you got, but oh, you know. the first episode there were like four listens, I think, two listens, yeah. maybe. I don't know. And it's just slowly building up, you know, but right. it's, that's but just kind of how whole, like, this goes. Right. That, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's your passion. And um, 
cool. You're you're saying something about you know this is you one of the reasons you felt like I want to do it besides the, the fact that you want you were like I like chatting with you uh, yeah. that you were like I want to push myself a little bit you know put myself a little bit at a, a bit of an uncomfortable position you know because you of insecurities or whatever it might be yeah. uh, and I was listening to someone talk about or you know that I feel like it's the word of like 2022 and 2021 was uh, impo imposter syndrome you heard okay. that phrase before it, but really it's like it, it's like the people that you know like uh, the influencers or 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 i think a better example is like people that teach stuff online you know like mm -hmm. they teach this or that and and it feel people feel like they're a fraud um like people are gonna find out that who is this guy to be doing this to be teaching this and and not not only online but at work like right you know you get hired for a position that maybe you feel like that's over your head you're overqualified and you're an imposter and they're going to mm -hmm. find out that you're actually not qualified to do the job and everybody's going to look down at you and it's all these insecurities and uh that that's why i was telling you i i think the this the solution or the what's the word that i'm looking for the antidote to that mm -hmm. is just really believing and acknowledging that people know stuff that you don't <laughs> right right and and that there's things that you know you isaac know um that for you they're just commonplace and you're like oh isn't that's just i just know this like doesn't everybody know this there's right. things that you know like that that will blow someone's mind and i'm sure you got to experience that with with kids at the club right you know you'll yeah. say something to a 16 17 year old and i'm like whoa is that true mr that's cool and you're like yeah like I don't understand yeah. what the big thing. You think it's because they're children that that you know they get their little minds blown away all the time, and that that's true because uh, because <laughs> they're children. But that happens with adults too all the time. Like I mean, I'm right. just constantly getting my mind blown away with with what people have to say, and it's just like that's just what they do all the time. So they don't think about it too much. But yeah, so I I um. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this for sure. Yeah, it's definitely. I guess that's pretty cool. What uh, is something that's very like um, that you're like duh about being a dad that that you've that you do that you're like this is good parenting, and or I'm just being a dad and I'm trying to raise my children, and you know I I think this is a good thing to do as a, as a dad. What is something like that? Yeah, um, yelling at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just thanking them any chance I get. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think it's just being present, right? Like, um, I mean, I think that you know, one thing you know, for kids, you know, like my newborn, he's not going to remember me carrying him, right? Um, mm. right. Um, but it's definitely, like, I think, as a father too, you you also want to do those things how do, how do i how do i put it into words so my so i remember talking to my wife and she was like oh, i want to take my son to disney to, to disney world or disneyland i don't remember which one it was and um i was like why he's like a year almost two like he's small like, right. why does he need to go right um and he's like and then and she and she told me she was like well it's not for him it's for us right and as parents i feel like a lot of the times we we focus on a lot of things that we can give to our kids. And yeah, you know, mm. as they grow and they start to learn these different things, you will be able to teach them. But I think that relationship um, aspect of, you know, these memories and things that you're able to build out once they're young, it's going to mm. help how you parent and how you love or show love to your kids. Um, I think back mm. to like, you know, my parents, right? Like my parents are 20 times better than the parents that they had, you know, like, you know, my father, <laughs> my, yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that, yeah. you know, he was Mexico. He was hardly ever around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my dad was, was a great dad for us. Um, and, you know, the things that, the ways that he likes to, to receive love. You know, you talk about these love languages. 
he's a provider, right? Like mm. whenever he comes over to the house, he's like, all right, what, what do you need help with? Like, all right, mm. let's go plant these like this past week. And he was like, all right, I, I bought you these trees. Let's go plant them. Cause he knew that I wanted some trees in the backyard. Nice. He's like, let's go, let's go plant them. Right. And I'm mm. like, okay, cool. I was like, I, ha- I have my soccer game. I want to watch, you know, Arsenal's playing. I want to watch them play. He's yeah. like, Oh, come on, let's go. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, like there's these things that he does where, you know, that is how he shows his love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once he, whenever, whenever we were younger, he focused a lot on a lot of those things where it was like providing and providing and stuff like that. But some of the things that we were missing, the thing that I felt that I was missing was that affection, that connection of just communicating with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that although I can't really do that yet with my son, cause he's two, um, I try to do it as much as I can. Right. Um, but I mean, he seemed to want connection earlier. <laughs> yeah. I just looking up right now, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, I think that that's one of the things that, that I would say is like yeah. understanding the different, I know I'm all over the place. I can, I, I'm just rambling, but, um, I think it's like understanding the different stages in the lives of our kids, yeah. um, where as like right now we want to, you know, provide those fun moments, you know, being with yeah. them and yeah, you redirect them every once in a while, but you know, you understand that they're kids and I'm perfect. going to mess up. Right. Um, once they get older, it's, you know, having those relationships, like I had mentioned, like the one that I wish that I had my dad, where we're able to communicate these smaller things, um, uh, when I once like they're teenagers, I'm not going to be treating my kids the same way I'm treating that once, once they're teenagers, the same way I'm treating them right now. Um, right. um, and I know that we had mentioned, we talked about this whenever we were at work. I mean, there was a podcast I would listen to and I kind of shared with you and I was like, it's a very mm-hmm. interesting because you have to adapt, you know, it's one about uh, parenting teens, right? In particular. Yeah. 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 Um, I forget what it's called. I did listen to a I, few episodes of it. I think it's I think it's called Parenting Teens. I think that's what it is called. Okay, yeah. But uh but yeah, it I know like I'm all over the place and I ramble yeah. that's why. But um I think that that's one of the things that um that as a parent um I need to learn how to kind of do better um than what I've seen growing up and what I've seen working at the right. boys and girls club. Right. Um where once you get to an age where they're teens, you can't control them. You know, they have a mind of their own. They're going right. to do things whether you like it or not. Um, one of the things that I remember um, learning, I'm not sure if it was in that podcast, but, you know, my job once my kids are like teenagers or whatever, or even mm-hmm. now, right, it's helping building, helping to build them to become adults, right? Right. Right. If I do everything for them all the time, they're not going to know how to do anything whenever I'm not around. Um, yeah. And I, I heard thought, a, on a sermon once that the purpose of raising raising children is to let them go. And right. ideally, yeah. you want to let them go into and, and for them to be equipped to <laughs> to handle right. the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but not just that. Like so so there's that right. You want to you want to help let them go, but also enjoy the moments that you have with them. Right. If you yes. want to. Yes. Um, Build those relationships so where if they do need you, then they can always call you. They look for advice and, and all that yeah. good stuff in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Katie, Katie, and I don't have kids yet, um, and we're hoping to start a family this this year. Really, uh, nice. as soon as we we hopefully you know have a kid this year or next year or something like that, we'll see how that goes. We got to get back to Texas first because this winter is no place to have children. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think the main idea that I'm getting from what you're saying is that idea of being present and being there. And that looks different in different stages of the life. Right. Yes. Thank you for, for helping me. (laughs) You know, it's, I mean, I, I have a hard time. I have like, my mind runs like, yeah, really quickly. And, and sometimes I have a hard time putting my thoughts together. But but you, you understand. You think out loud. I, yes, I, you know, my my brother is that way. My wife is that way. Uh, I've had several pastors that are like that, and uh, 
I mean, you, I do it to some degree too. I do it a lot. Like I think out loud and people are like, well, okay, what are you saying again? I yeah. But it's, it's, it's cool. It's, but it's, it's helped me a lot having a lot of conversations with Katie and my wife because she definitely, yeah. and I'm very introspective. So she will like ask me something and then I just kind of stare blankly into space for like 30 seconds. And she used to be like, are you okay? What's going on? And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm just thinking. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's just kind of how, how I do it. But anyway, man, well, thank you so much for making the time. I'll let you go back to your kid. I really appreciate it. And I I feel like I've learned a lot. And like from what you were saying, like I, I tried, you know, synthesizing it <laughs> as much as I could uh, to make sure that I understood it. But it's, it's I think that really is such a huge deal that idea of being present and like i when i said it like that i was like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense uh what you were saying you know it's yeah it's not just being present because that, that sounds kind of cheesy but it's right. being present and know that that looks different, different in different right. contexts and and sometimes it's not just for the kid but it's for you too like you were saying mm. like making memories you know that binds your marriage closer together that binds you closer to your children yeah who cares if they're not gonna remember like you're building your life with them mm -hmm. and it's, i don't know it's really cool and i'll definitely keep that in mind for when the little rioses come around and yeah carlos i'm gonna be giving you calls very often because there's a lot of times where i want to where i'm thinking a lot of different things and i can't ah. put it together so anytime right. i have a okay. lot of ideas i'd be like okay i'm gonna call carlos because he doesn't hey really man i'll i'll be happy to, to to hear you out thanks man hey i appreciate you giving me uh letting me do this this is this, like i said it's a little out of my comfort zone and it's definitely something that i never thought i'd do because like you had said i mean you learn a lot from everybody and i just felt like yeah hey, what, what is it that i gotta offer but definitely um like i said that it, it's definitely out of my comfort zone and, and i want to push myself to to feel it uncomfortable um, you know, as a dad, you want to try to change the things that you've learned because I feel like there's something that I've learned to be uncomfortable with, you know, talking about myself and, you know, we uh, got to learn to, to be in that place of discomfort mm -hmm. and just learn to live there because that's where learning happens. Right. It doesn't happen when you're comfortable. Right. And it doesn't happen when you're in peril. Like you need just the right balance of like this is just a little bit outside of my comfort zone yeah. and i'm i'm gonna be there and we just gotta live there and, and grow yeah yeah definitely and like i said i want to I, I i still have to figure out what is it that i want to do for the rest of my life i know that where i'm at right now is not where i want to be yeah um um Aren't we all? I, yeah i know right <laughs> but uh yeah push myself to do different things making myself a little uncomfortable setting that example for my kids um it's definitely yeah. something that that i want to continue to do and, and you allowing me to do this is definitely something that i appreciate so cool outside of talking well, to you once i once i get the million views for this episode i'll, I'll yeah i i'll send you the invoice so I can right. get my notes. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well thanks again um, right. And we'll talk to you soon. And yeah, feel free to call or text or whatever. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks, right. Carlos. Go back to your family. <laughs> All right. Bye.